Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Scandalous Grace, the show where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I am your host, Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. I hope you got to hear last week's show because we're going to be picking up a little bit where we left off last week because this is such a hot topic and um, really something that I feel like the Holy Spirit is just doing in the church right now and um, doing across the earth. It's really all about the love and scandalous grace of Jesus. And if you did miss last week's show, just like with every other show, you can always get caught up on our iTunes podcast. Just look up Carla Swanigan Ministries or on SoundCloud or however you listen to your podcast. And you can also catch us on our YouTube channel. And that's Carla Swanigan, Carla with a K. So like I said, I'm so glad you're joining us. Last last week's show was... um, really important to me and kind of my heart. Um, and I feel like the call that God has on my life, part of it anyway, to really share the grace and love the true heart of the father. That's what my ministry is all about. And, um, loving on the outcast, the least of these, as the Bible calls it, the ones least likely that, um, society sometimes deems worthy of God's love and acceptance and forgiveness um, is one of my passions, really. I love the way Jesus did that throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, where we see his model and his example. And he has really lit a fire in my heart to always do the same. You know, our theme verse last week was from Acts chapter 10, verse 43, where it says that everyone who believes in him will be saved and be forgiven of their sins because of Christ Jesus. Everyone who believes. And like we talked about last week, everyone means everyone, you guys, whether we agree that they deserve to be rescued, whether they deserve to be redeemed by Jesus or forgiven by Jesus or not, um, that's not up to us. That's the scandalous grace of Jesus and the Father's love for us, right, that um, that we're all included that call on the name of Jesus. And our verse for this week that um, we're going to be in, if you want to grab your Bibles, is in John chapter 3. John chapter three, and it's verse 17. Now, if that rings a bell, it's because John three sixteen is like one of the most famous verses in Christianity, right? Like we see, that's the verse that we see at football games on banners, hanging, um, people paint John three sixteen on their face in, at sporting events, any place where, you know, there's a camera attention on stuff. That's the verse that you would commonly see. And that's the verse that says, forgot to love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that verse, right? But verse 17 says this, God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. And I think that's where we as believers get hung up sometimes. I think we get hung up because we feel like it's all about um, correction and um, condemnation And fixing the wrong things and making everything right so we can earn our way into the kingdom. And we're real good, especially. I mean, I guess I'll just speak to for myself. I mean, I'm sure you guys are perfect and you never do this. 
But we're also really good, you guys, at seeing the flaws and sins and pointing them out in other people, especially like what we talked about on last week's show. People that um, we don't deem worthy of forgiveness. You know, we talked about prisoners and prostitutes and um, all kinds of different walks of life. People that we don't feel like belong in the kingdom, gays, lesbians. Um, A lot of Christians have beliefs about that, that they feel like those people don't deserve the grace or goodness of God or the love of God. And since we are the light bearers, we are the ones that shine Christ. That means we're the ones to give that love. And give that grace and reach out and share the simple gospel with those people. So that's what we're talking about again this week. And I just love that verse from John three seventeen, that God didn't send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. And so if we're modeling Christ, that's what we're supposed to be doing also. We're not supposed to be condemning and, and convicting and judging people. You know, if anybody's called to do that, God is the judge. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings conviction. We're supposed to be the ones that love, right? We're, we're called to love each other. That's how the world will know that we are truly his. That's, that's in the Bible also. So um, I've been reading this book, you guys, that is really in just, gosh, inspired me so much. And I would love to have this guy on the show, the author. So I'm going to have to look into that. But his name is Carlos A. Rodriguez, and he's a pastor and a minister and a speaker. And the book is entitled Drop the Stones. And it's, gosh, you guys, I encourage you so much to get it. I know you can get it at Barnes and Noble. And um, I got it off Amazon. I ordered it off Amazon. But um, you can get it pretty much anywhere that books are sold. But it's all based on um, the passage of Scripture and the Gospels about the woman caught in the act of adultery, right? We've talked about that story on the show before many times. And you know it, um, how Jesus did not condemn her. And he sent her away and said, they don't condemn you and, and neither do I. And the book, like I said, is titled Drop the Stones, Carlos Rodriguez. I encourage you so much to pick it up, get a copy, get it on your Kindle, however you um, like to read. This is an incredible book. And I think it's an important book for us as the church right now to read you guys so that we can stay really free of anything that doesn't look like Jesus, anything that doesn't look like love and grace and mercy. Because it's the goodness of God that caused man to repentance. And like I said, it's not our job. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict people and point out things that he wants them to work on. It's our job to love them. I want to read another scripture to you on the same topic. And like I said, if you've got your Bibles turn, we're going to be in Luke chapter 7, verse 34. Luke chapter 7, verse 34. Yet when the son of man came and went to feast and drank wine, you said, look at this man. He is nothing but a glutton and a drunkard. He spends all his time with tax collectors and other notorious sinners. Now, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees, you guys, and and pointing out to them, like, you judge me when you say I'm acting like God. And then you judge me when I'm hanging out with sinners. You're always calling me one um, who spends time with notorious people, you know, the outcast, the unwelcome and people that you consider to be sinners. And so that's Jesus talking to them about what they're accusing him of. And throughout the gospels, if you read all four of them, um, you'll see that that's exactly what the religious people were doing. They were constantly pointing out that he was hanging out with sinners and he, they hated that about him. They hated that about Jesus. And, um, 
I have experienced a, some of that in my ministry, to be honest with you, where people have um, doubted and second guessed and questioned some of my outreaches and some of my thoughts about the love and scandalous grace of Jesus. And just like Jesus, I guess that's why it's called scandalous grace, because it doesn't always line up with what maybe religious people think we should be doing. But one of my favorite stories that I feel like is really a perfect example of of kind of like hanging out with who society would call sinners is I do a lot of jail ministry and it is the greatest privilege other than being a wife and, and a mom that I get to do in my life is go to that jail and minister to those women. And it is something that God always shows up and, and the Holy spirit moves in the room and it's the place I've told you guys before that I have seen the presence of the Lord more strongly than any church service I've ever been in or anything else that I've ever done. It is the most incredible thing that the Lord allows me to do. And I'm so grateful for it. But I'm going to tell you a story that kind of came to my mind when I was reading that scripture about hanging out with sinners. And um, it's one time I was at the jail and I was doing ministry and I was waiting for the girls to come in. A few of the girls had walked in, but there were still a few girls that were coming down the hall. And this one girl came in, you guys, and she had her arms crossed. And she had, she, she was tall and, and broad shoulders. She, you know, she was a big girl. And she had a real impressive stance about her. You know, very intimidating, to be honest with you. And she had her arms crossed, like I said. And she had, like, the scowl on her face. And I could tell she did not want to be there. And, um... Sometimes the girls will only sign up to come to the religious program so that they can get out of their jail cell for a little while or get out of their pod, you know. And so I figured that that's why she was there. And so we we did worship. And um, then I shared the message, you know, from the heart that the Lord had given me for the girls that week. And then at the end, I always go around and take prayer requests. And I pray for the girls right there in the moment. And throughout the time that I was doing the worship, she wasn't singing this girl with, with the real unhappy look on her face. She wasn't singing. She wasn't participating in the worship. She was rolling her eyes while I was giving the message. She was just really like checked out. You know, she was giving me no love, so to speak, no encouragement whatsoever that this was meaning anything to her. And so I just kept praying for her in my, in my heart. You know, even while I was speaking, I was just asking the Lord to soften her heart for whatever it is you know, that he wanted her to get that day. And I knew she wasn't there by coincidence. I knew the Lord wanted to minister to her and love on her. And I was like, Lord, I trust you to do it. I don't know where the breakthrough is going to be, but I just believe that you really want me to reach out to her today. And so, um, we got to the part, like I said, where we were doing prayer requests and she heard me, you know, she's about halfway through the group. So she heard several people go ahead of her and I take their prayer request and then I stop and pray for them right in the moment. And so I got to her and I said her name. We'll just call her Susan. And I said, Susan, how can I pray for you today? And she said, um, well, you can pray for my spouse because, you know, they're just really scared that I'm in here and they're really lonely and they're just, you know, they're just afraid. And um, I'm just really worried about them. And I said, okay, what is your husband's name? And she said, oh, I'm not married to a man. I'm married to a woman. And her name is Gail. We'll just call her Gail. Of course, I'm changing the names, you guys. 
So I'm like, okay, without skipping a beat, I'm like, okay, let's, let's pray for Gail. And the look on her face, you guys, was complete and total shock that I was willing to pray for her wife. I mean, that I was willing to even, I think as a pastor and a minister there, I think she was expecting me to be like, oh, I can't pray for that because you're a lesbian or because I don't believe in gay marriage or any of the other like stances, you know, that I could have taken. But instead, I just, I felt the Holy Spirit totally in that moment telling me to love her like Jesus would. And I said, absolutely. Let's pray for Gail. And that's exactly what I did. You guys, I said, Lord, I pray for Gail that you would comfort her wherever she's at right now. I pray that you would bring her peace. I pray that you would settle that fear that's trying to take over and that you would just speak your truth and your heart to her and you would minister to her with the love and compassion and grace of Jesus. And you would let her know that Susan's going to be okay and that she can trust you with Susan's future and um, just really meet her in her need, Lord. And I bless Gail in Jesus name. And you guys, when I opened my eyes, Susan was sitting there bawling, just crying, those silent tears and her demeanor had totally changed. Her arms were down at her side. She was crying. She that intimidating like look and presence that she had was completely gone. She was like a broken woman just sitting there wanting to be comforted. And so then I just, without even waiting, I just started praying for her comfort and her peace and for Jesus to speak his love and compassionate heart and truth to her as well. And it was such a beautiful moment, you guys, because I literally saw a person and their demeanor and their closed offness to the gospel change right before my eyes completely change. And it was all because I was willing to lay down any, um, stereotypes or religious or legalistic or whatever you want to call it. Um, opinions that I may or may not have had in that moment about her lifestyle choice, um, to totally just love on her like Jesus would. And I did my best at that. And I feel like obviously from the fruit of it, that that's exactly what the Holy spirit intended in that moment for her. And then we, we went around the room. I finished up the prayer request and I, I, um, it was a pretty big group that week. So it took a lot of time. And then I got to the end and I do what I, what I often do when I'm in there, not every week, but whenever I feel led by the Holy Spirit, especially when I have a new group of girls that have never met me before and have never sat in on one of my sessions, I pray that anybody who had never received Christ as their Savior that wanted to do it that day would just, with every head bowed so that nobody was embarrassed, that they would just open their eyes and look at me as a way of acknowledging that they wanted to receive Christ. And so I prayed that prayer, and you guys... Susan opened her eyes and looked at me and again, she had tears in her eyes and she nodded her head at me like very affirming, like very confidently, like, heck yeah, I want that. Yes. I want that. Jesus. I want that. And I was so excited for her, you guys. And, um, I went on and and walked through the um, prayer of salvation with all the other ones that had that acknowledged they wanted to receive Christ. And it was just an incredible day. You guys, it, it was one of those times I always leave the jail like high as a kite. So thankful for the opportunity to, to minister Christ to these amazing women. But it, it was a whole nother level. I could feel the heavens rejoicing at Susan's salvation. 
and her coming to the Lord. And I just want to say this. I mean, you may have a totally different opinion and, you know, that's fine. But here's what I want to say. And here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit made really clear to me that day. She, Susan's heart was opened to receiving the gospel because I was willing to not be judgmental or um, religious in any way about her lifestyle choice because she was a lesbian, because I was even willing to pray for her partner. Um, I think that the Holy spirit was able to get through any walls that she had built up in that moment when, when she realized that, that he saw her right there, that he's met her in her place of need Regardless of sin or conviction or any other thing, she saw, in my opinion, the real Jesus that day. And she was attracted to that Jesus. She was attracted to the Jesus who who died for her sins and loves her in spite of them. And I feel like that's how we're supposed to be as well. I don't feel like it. I know that's how we're supposed to be. That's what Jesus modeled over and over in the Bible. And if that pushes against um, something inside of you, talk to the Holy Spirit about that. Because that's why it's called the scandalous grace of Jesus. That's why I call the show scandalous grace, because it's about relationship, not religion. And if you read the gospels, you will see Jesus time and time again, just like he's accused of in Luke chapter seven that we read earlier. And again, in Luke chapter 15, verses one and two, where it says, look at how this man associates with all these notorious sinners and then welcomes them all to come to him. The religious people were appalled, you guys. They weren't saying that as a compliment. That was a criticism. That was a judgment against him. And I just want to say to you, we are called to love like Jesus. We are called followers of Jesus. So we are called to love like him and have grace like him. And I want to be an attractor for him. I want to be somebody that draws people to Jesus. And I want to do that by love and grace and mercy and compassion. And this is not about twisting scripture or rewriting the Bible or watering down the gospel. To me, the gospel is pretty simple already. Uh, It's pretty hard to water that down. I think you can overcomplicate it. I think we do that all the time. We try to make all these rules to get into the kingdom, just like the Pharisees did. And just like the religious leaders of his time did. And then we try to make all these um, ways to stay in the kingdom once we get there. Okay, well, you have to live like this and you have to refrain from that and you have to do this or you'll, you know, you're not living right and you're not being a good Christian. And I understand that God calls us to be righteous, but it's by the righteousness of Christ that we are saved, right? So um, nobody's perfect. Nobody can live perfect. There's not enough rules and good deeds you can do to keep yourself in the kingdom or to get in the kingdom. It's all about Jesus. There is one way, and that is the simple gospel. Whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus died for our sins and rose again shall be saved. You know, it's all about the simple gospel, you guys. And as a follower of Jesus, I I want to do my very best to love like him and to to draw others to him. You know, we're called to share the gospel and to love people like Jesus. And I really want to do that. You know, it talks about in Matthew five sixteen, which is one of my favorite verses, you know, about we're like a city on a hill. We're supposed to shine. We're supposed to shine for him. And it's that stuff that will attract people to him. And I want to do that. And a way that I shine is not bringing the stones like it talks about in the book with the woman caught in the act of adultery, in the book, Drop the Stones. 
I do not want to be holding those stones, throwing them at the prostitute or throwing them at the girls in jail that I meet that are there because of drug addiction or theft or whatever sin or law they broke to get into jail. I don't want to be throwing stones at gays and lesbians and transgender people. I want to be known for loving people like Jesus. You guys, the Lord wants to come back and he is coming back. And when he does, man, he wants to find a church that's shining bright for him and loving bright for him. And I feel like personally that there is a huge wave of love coming to this earth, the Holy spirit. It's going to be a revival. Like we haven't seen, it's going to be an incredible outpouring of God's love. And I think just like I talked about last week, don't be surprised by who God's loving on and calling into his kingdom. Don't be surprised where the love of God shows up. You guys, because I promise you it's going to be in the places that some people would least expect. He is going to be where he needs to be where, um, people that don't know him are. And that's in the bars and in the prisons and sometimes in the churches. Let's just be real. There are places that Jesus is going to be that might catch us off guard when that, when that wave of the Holy Spirit comes back and that revival comes. Don't be surprised where it starts because it won't surprise me at all if it's just like a prison breakout of God's love and mercy and grace and goodness in the places that we may least expect it. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. Just talk to the Lord about that. Ask him the places where you may be holding those stones in your hand, ready to throw them. You know what I mean? I had to do that. I had to release a lot of stones of people that I didn't think deserved his goodness, that I didn't think deserved salvation, that I didn't think Jesus would love if he was here. But then I had to go back and read the gospels and look at the places and the people that Jesus did, in fact, go to and love on explicitly against societal norms, against all the religious leaders' um, beliefs and approval. And and he was absolutely scandalous. Um, there's this quote that Joshua Harris um, says, and he says, Be like Jesus. Spend enough time with sinners to ruin your reputation with religious people. And I love that so much that I'm like, I'm going to have to write that on my mirror because I really do want to be hanging out with the people that Jesus would be hanging out with if he was here. And since he lives in me, that's where I need to be. I want to read that to you again. Be like Jesus. Spend enough time with sinners to ruin your reputation with religious people. There's this song by Casting Crowns um, called Jesus Friend of Sinners. And I love it so much, you guys. Every time I hear it, I just cry. Because it is so moving to me, and it is so everything that Jesus is about. And I just want to read a few of the lyrics to you. Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around, but never looking up. I'm so double-minded, a plank-eyed saint with dirty hands and a heart divided. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, break our heart for what breaks yours. And, and the lyrics for the rest of the song, you guys, are just all super incredible, very impactful, very anointed. I encourage you to look online. Jesus, friend of sinners, 
by Casting Crowns and read those lyrics. It just, it convicted the heck out of me the first time I ever heard it. And every time I've heard it since, I'm just like, Lord, yes, break my heart for what breaks yours. And just draw me to the people that you want to shine and love and care for and draw to yourself. Let me pray for you guys. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be like you, Jesus, the friend of sinners. Help us to shine for you and draw people to you and love like you and not be afraid to drop our stones and walk up and hug a person and love a person like you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would convict us, Holy Spirit, of any place that that we're holding on to those stones and just really give us the grace to release them and to love those people well, Lord. I pray for breakthrough and anointing and healing in our hearts and revelation and wisdom in our minds to do what you're calling us to do and break off any religious um, barriers that we have or um, opinions that we have that are not yours, Lord. Help us most of all to just love like you, Jesus, and to share the simple gospel like you're calling us to. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know what? I love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in every week. You can find out more about this ministry at CarlaSwanigan.com. And again, that's Carla with the K. And you can email us at ScandalousGrace at CarlaSwanigan.com. We'd love to hear from you. And God bless you. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Please go to CarlaSwanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to CarlaSwanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan.